baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. DA on CBS Sports Radio. DA, how you feeling, bro? Man, I'm feeling great. I'm doing great. Happy Wednesday, boys and girls. One question, one question only. How do you feel? Well, I feel good, and I'm doing well. Well, that's all that really matters, and we appreciate you being with us on this Wednesday morning. Coming your way in 20 minutes. Is Nevada getting cold feet on giving the A's money? They should. John Fisher is a crook. We'll do that coming up in 20 minutes and 40 minutes advanced analytics. If Pat Boyle and Pete the Body Bilotti had a rap group, should their name be the Gravy Boys? Because they have won a number of bets recently as Pete the Body is gravy trained off of Pat's bets. Or should they be the PB Boys for their initials, the S though and PB Boys being a dollar sign? Let us know on the poll question, <laughs> and we'll do advanced analytics. That should be interesting analytics coming up later on in the hour. Joining us here on the show, he wrote a great preview piece for FoxSports.com on the NBA Finals. He's an excellent basketball analyst, both college basketball and the NBA. Love having him here on the show. Broadcaster and reporter on Fox. Joining us this morning on the program is John Fanta. John, good to have you back on the show. Good morning. D.A., gravy all the way for me. That's my vote. You like gravy, boys, huh? Absolutely. I'm <laughs> all in on that. That, on that is a perfect name. All in on the gravy, boys. I love it. Hey, so did you think that Tuesday uh, – let's see, game two, did you think that game was more of the Heat snatching the win away or Michael Malone's gripe that the Nuggets went to sleep? I think that's Miami. I, I, I frankly think that you're, if you're Michael Malone, I, I was, I understood why he said what he said after the game because he's trying to fire his group up. I, I get it. You're being a coach. You're, you're playing that card. But I, I got to tell you, DA, that if you were surprised by Sunday night's result, the only thing you should have been surprised by was that Denver lost at home and lost the game. Denver hadn't lost a home game in 66 nights. They were 43-7 and inside Ball Arena before Sunday night. 43 wins out of 50 home games this year. But, but to me, that's a, Sunday night was about Miami. And enough is enough with these takes that what a story. And, oh, you know, this is amazing what they're doing. How are they doing it? How are they doing it? okay, they're doing it with the best coach in the NBA, one of the ten best coaches in NBA history, and if he wins this, it's going to be one of the best five. And, and oh, by the way, he's not even that old. He's got a lot of time left in his career. Eric Spolster's only 52 years young. And they're doing it with the guy who's clearly been the best closer in this NBA postseason. Now, did we think that shooting over 40%, well over 40% from three against – the Bucs and the Celtics 
Did we think that when they did that against Milwaukee, that was sustainable? I'm not saying that. But it's disrespectful to Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. It's disrespectful to Jalen Brunson and the New York Knicks. And it's disrespectful to Giannis. We should have known then when they beat the best team in the East all season, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, that, that this Heat team, they're, they're not some sort of random surprise. You, you don't just beat Milwaukee like they beat them like a drum. So, for me, Sunday night was about Miami, and whereas a lot of people are like, well, the Nuggets should still win this series, or I, I still lean with Denver, i got to tell you, DA, I lean Miami. I lean Miami because every time I, I haven't, they've proved me wrong. Oh, boy, there's a lot to pick apart there. I love this. John Fanta from Fox Sports joins us. You think Spolstra already is a top 10 coach in NBA history? I do. I do. Um, look, the NBA published a list. The league literally published a list a couple of years ago when they celebrated 75 years, and Spo was top 15. He was on that list. He was in the top 15 already. So now you're talking about a guy who is appearing in his sixth NBA Finals since 2011. That already... Uh, is fourth most all-time. Your top three are Phil Jackson with 13, Red Auerbeck with 11, and Pat Riley, of course, with nine. For, for me, he is. Um, I, I, I know some people may scoff at that or may think about it, but if you look at the list a couple years ago that the NBA published, or, or if we start to go down the line and look at coaches, you've got to have talent. Like, to the person who says, well, you know, LeBron James in his prime helped that. Okay, great. Well, ask Steve Kerr how he's had so much success in his career. And he'll tell you he's had a player who changed basketball generationally. Not to take anything away from, from Steve Kerr. It's just you got to have high-level talent to win. What he's done in, in making the NBA Finals with this team, and if he can win this championship, I mean, we are talking about as great of a run to a title as we've ever seen in the NBA. Really, that, that's, that's the kind of superlative we're talking about. And if you say, well, it's the Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets were the one seed in the West. The Western Conference was stacked. The Nuggets have a two-time MVP who doesn't get enough respect. And they have a guard in Jamal Murray who's been fantastic and a team that has been unstoppable. So, yes, I will die on the hill. Eric Spolster is already a top 10 coach in NBA history. Oh, I love it. Okay, so you are all in on the Heat. You say this is more about the Heat. You're leading Heat to win this series. So how do we explain the regular season? Well, we, we explain it with it's diminished in value, even more than we thought it did. Even more than we thought it did. And that if you just get a ticket to even the play-in. Because you know what's amazing about this? Yeah, I was thinking about this. I thought about this a couple times. Miami lost their first playing tournament game. <laughs> like they, yeah, they should have beaten the win. Celtics. In the, they should have beat the Celtics in the first round of the two seven. Yes, exactly. They lost it what, to Atlanta, right? They lost yeah. their play their first playing yeah. game, and had to just win a game just to make it to this point, and and they did. Uh, but yeah, the, the NBA. The NBA has a regular season issue. They do. They, they, and, I, and I honestly don't know how you figure it out. Uh, but 
you know, the, everybody seems to complain 82 games, 82 games, such a long season. Well, you're telling me there wouldn't be some load management if it was 60 to 65? You know, I'm just saying, let's be real here. Uh, the league has an issue. They've got a problem. They're going to try this in-season tournament. Uh, we'll see how that works. Uh, but I I don't know what exactly you do, but it's clearly identifiable. How do we explain the regular season? You explain it by simply stating it just doesn't really matter. So that, in other words, the Heat were kind of going through the motions, that they were far better than they showed in the regular season but just didn't take it seriously. Totally. And and Eric Spolstrom had a really interesting quote, and this is in that the column that you talked about, because he was asked about his, his team's three-point shooting. And I think the most amazing statistic, when you look at Miami's three-point shooting, and, and I don't take credit for this, uh, uh, uh colleague, a reporter, Ben Rohrbach, who does work over at Yahoo, uh, put together this, this stat, and I, I, just, I can't stop reading it. In 2017, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, and Clay Thompson made 151 of their 364 three-point attempts, 42%, okay? And that's arguably the greatest team in NBA history, da 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 In this postseason, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin and Duncan Robinson has made 135 out of 314 threes. Vincent Martin and Robinson are on pass are on pace to surpass that Warriors trio for three point three percent. What percent would that be? They're at 43. Curry, Durant, and Thompson in the 2017 postseason were at just over 41. Who needs the Splash Brothers? Yeah, who needs them? I mean, they're old news now. <laughs> yeah, They're old news. I'll take Vincent and Martin any day of the week. And that's the most, right? I mean, that, that is the, the literal surprising thing. Now, I could dish out the bold take that I also have, and that is that I kind of don't think Tyler Hero should come back. Really? Like, I, yeah, I, I, like, I think he's, I, okay, I understand him coming back, and I understand him playing. Does any part of you, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, oh, these guys, like, who are you taking off the floor right now? Who are you, who are you taking minutes away from on this team that has literally found this perfect equation to be in any game? Because, D.A., if they're in any game, and I'm not saying Hero ruins this, but if they're in any game, you're taking them. That's the other reason why I'm buying Miami. If the game is close late, Miami's fourth quarter point differential in the postseason is plus 90. Mm. Plus 90. Mm. They have literally found the perfect equation, especially late in games, to win, to finish. And it's more than just Butler. You know, it's, it's, it's the confidence of Gabe Vincent to hit a clutch three. It's Duncan Robinson going on his personal eight or ten point run like he did in game two. So I, I don't know if Tyler Hero coming back to Miami is the best thing. I worry about him shuffling the deck a little bit too much. It's nothing against him, the player. It's more about they've become conditioned to who they are. If it ain't broke, don't go fixing it. John Fanta, Fox Sports, crushing it as always. God, I love having you on the show. 
Hey, before I let you go, you're huge on college basketball. You're all over Fox Sports' college basketball coverage. And I was talking earlier this morning about the Big 12's potential move of adding Gonzaga and UConn as basketball-only schools. Do you think it makes sense for one or either to leave the conferences they're at to go to the Big 12 considering how much success they've had in their respective conferences? So I, I think it makes sense for Gonzaga at this point. I think I think that their their basketball is in a conundrum where the level that they've been performing on, the level of the amount of wins they've poured together in the non-conference where they've challenged themselves, it doesn't reflect it the same when they get to conference play. And now for years it's been the case that they're just not you know that they're just not getting tested to the same degree. To me, that, that that's a no-brainer. If UConn joins the Big Twelve, it's going to be for all sports, in my humble opinion. In fact, I'd be downright shocked if it's not. You're not going to just be a basketball-only member because for UConn basketball, it doesn't make any sense to go to the Big Twelve. Why would it make any sense for UConn only in basketball to change conferences? They have their regional rivalries in the Big East. They have New York City. They have Madison Square Garden. They literally, their fan base takes over the world's most famous arena for a week in March now at the Big East tournament. Their fan base has more presence than any other. UConn is not going to the Big 12 for basketball only. I don't even think behind the real closed doors that that's even being discussed. If UConn's moving to the Big 12, it's going to be an all sports. And make no mistake about it, if UConn's going to the Big 12, it ain't for basketball. They'll tell you that it elevates all their sports. This is Jim Mora winning six games and going to a Myrtle Beach Bowl in year one and showing there still could be value to Connecticut football. Yeah, it sounds crazy. I know. You might roll your eyes at six wins. But football is king. And if Connecticut's moving anywhere, it's because of pigskin. Which to me would be such a sin because I was at the Big East tournament this year as well, and I'm, I'm a Syracuse grad that grew up on the old Big East tournament, and Syracuse has been without that for a decade now, and UConn finally found that again, and it's okay to punt on football. You don't need football just because, as you said, everybody considers it king. I know it's a revenue stream, but when those fans show up at Madison Square Garden and have those rivalries with Providence and St. John's and the list goes on and on and on, that means something. If they join the Big 12 just so that they can get better better bowl games, but now you've got to pretend like TCU, West Virginia, and you know, or you know, Oklahoma State matter, I think it's a problem. Don't you think leaving the nest, which is the beauty of the Big East, would be a mistake, even if it was for football too? It would be a mistake. It, it would be a mistake. Their identity is back. They won a national championship in April. Do we think they're winning that championship if they're the American? I can tell you right now, DA, talking with coaches before games, when, when calling games, there's two coaches, two coaches in the last two years who have literally looked at myself and, and my partner on the TV side, Donnie Marshall, who played at Connecticut had an NBA career. It's been a lot of TV work over the years. We've been in the room, and those coaches have said to both of us, man, when UConn was in the American, I, I shot 70 80% when it came to head-to-head recruiting. He goes, they've come back to the Big East. I'm over. I'm over. I'm over town. 
I, I can't get even one. So you're, you claimed a couple of years ago that basketball was your thing again. And that, you know, when you, when you drive to stores, when you take the, the merit and you get out to stores in that farmland and you're driving around and you're wondering, how is this the basketball capital of the world? There's signage all over that says that they're the basketball capital of the world. Competitively, we're not suggesting that UConn basketball can't compete in the Big 12. But that, that's not the suggestion at all. But from the standpoint of identity, from the standpoint, at what point, at what point does identity matter? And it should because you just climbed the mountaintop in your sport. You won the national championship, and so much of that had to do with you coming back to the Big East and reestablishing yourself on the hierarchy, reestablishing yourself on the throne. If they move to the Big 12, all of that goes away. And I want to sit here and say that identity still matters and, and that to me, you know, UConn should stay in the Big East because I really think that the two, it's a perfect marriage. And it was called the perfect marriage when they came back. But to now use this league as a potential bounce back and go to the Big 12, well, this week has told us one thing, and the last 24 hours have definitely told us this. Follow the money. Always follow the money, which is how we got John Fanta here. We pay well here on the DA Show for our <laughs> guest, John Fanta. Check out his column on the NBA Finals at FoxSports.com. He's a great follow on Twitter as well because he's all over the NBA Finals. He's all over college basketball as well, at John Fanta. And he's got great takes. I love this dude. I love having him on the show. John, you always bring it. I always appreciate the energy and the opinion very much, man. Keep up the great work, and thanks so much. DA, Gravy Boys, have a great day. <laughs> okay. The Gravy Boys. Pete the Body Bellotti and Pat Boyle's rap duo name. When we come back here on the show, the latest on the A's in the stadium search, and it looks like Nevada, at least for the moment, might have cold feet on giving them any cash, rightfully so. T.A., CBS Sports. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Radio. Please knock. Dan in Mechanicsburg is asleep in the Lazy Boy. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right, welcome back. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio and a happy Wednesday to you. It should be noted, Bob's Bar comes your way a week from Friday. That's Friday of Father's Day weekend, June the 16th. We'll be out at Bob's Bar. That's located in West Babylon, New York. That's on Long Island. All listeners are welcome. The show's obviously going to be broadcast from there that Friday morning and on video as well. So if you can't make the show, make sure you're watching it on YouTube or on Twitch or at WatchDA.com, the Fever pitch that we're reaching here is incredible. I can't wait. Third annual, and this one I'm, I'm ready for. I'm going to be bursting out of the cage after a couple of weeks with a newborn, so I can't wait personally for it. And 
We've got a lot of a lot of good stuff listed for you. Badlands Booker is going to come, and he's going to burp in Mraz's face, and then he's going to slap Mraz in the face with a kielbasa. We're going to kick him into the pool. We're going to have Foxy on bagpipes playing Old Lang Syne as we ring in the new summer, the new season. Bob's going to be on the griddle making breakfast sandwiches and burgers. We're going to have live music. And it's just going to be its going to be awesome. Pat Boyle's going to be there. We're going to play Oil Boyle. Whoever comes from the farthest away is going to get to baby oil him up, his bare chest. That's exciting for everybody. We're going to have a cast of thousands. It's its going to be amazing. And we, we have put together a travel guide. So if you need help, if you're planning on driving in or flying in, you need hotel help or how the trains work or what have you, we have that one sheet available as well on our social media pages and my personal website, DamonAmendolara.com. So that's all ready to go. And we've also got Zach Gelb parking your car. So if you drive here by losing the football picks bet, if you drive to Bob's Bar, he is going to be your valet. And he's going to be dressed as Nebraska head coach Matt Rule which only makes sense if you listen to us every day for a long time, but it, it does make its own weird sense. So we're fired up. We're ready to go. And it's a week from Friday, and I could not be more excited. So be ready because the Bob's Bar Show third annual is here, and it is going to be gloriously dysfunctional, I'm sure. We just get news this morning that a proposal for public funding on the Vegas Strip for the A's is on the table again. Nevada Governor Joe Lombardo announced late last night he has called for a second special session. Now, they were supposed to get this done earlier in the week and see if they wanted to give public money to the to a stadium a ballpark for the A's but it did not it did not get done then so people were wondering well why did the lawmakers get cold feet would there be another special session called it looks like there is going to be a second special session called now the the bill calls for nearly 400 million dollars in public financing in taxpayer money, with tax credits and other stuff to get this thing built, and it comes from it comes from the public sector. And I, I would just say this: throughout my banging the drum about this, it has never been about anti Las Vegas fans. Never. What we have seen from the the Golden Knights' runs to the Stanley Cup Finals, their playoff runs, and now this one, which is two wins away from a Stanley Cup, is that the Vegas fans that that have bought in are phenomenal. They have supported the Golden Knights better than anybody could have ever figured. And it's not so much so with the Raiders, partially because the Raiders aren't that good. They're not nearly as good as, as the Golden Knights. I think partially because the Golden Knights are of Vegas. They were an expansion team for Vegas. They were the first ones. The Raiders are not of Vegas yet, haven't been very good, but it's fine. You know, those that's only eight to nine regular season home games a year. You have a lot of road fans that come in for one road trip. The stadium's beautiful. That is what it is. 
I have always felt, though, that the love that we see for the Golden Knights would not transfer to the A's. Because A, it's not an expansion team. It's not theirs. There's something different when it's yours instead of just adopting it from somewhere else. B, the Knights were the first ones in. And C, and this is the most important part, because if the A's were winners, I don't doubt that Vegas would would come out for them. If the A's were winners and you had road fans coming in because they want to come see their team, Pirates fans want to come to Vegas, or Yankee fans want to come to Vegas, or Dodgers fans want to come to Vegas or whatever, certainly you'd get fans there. But I don't think the love would translate because... The ownership is so poor. Dan Snyder's a good example in Washington, okay? Unable to get a stadium deal done in D.C. because he's crappy as a politician. He's just, he's no good in the room. You know people that can walk into a room and talk anybody's ear off. You've seen people succeed, climb their way up because people just generally like them. They're, they're good in the room. They're good dinner conversation. They're good at the bar. They're good when they're talking to your wife or your husband. You know, you just, you like having them around and, and then they ask you for a favor and it, you know, it's hard to say no. Dan Snyder sucks at that. He is, he's got a, a little man's problem. He's got Napoleon complex. He's, he is a guy who's a bully. He has been um, manipulative he's been stubborn he's nobody wants to deal with him nobody likes him so he's been unable to get a deal done if Dan Snyder said you know what I can't get a deal done in Washington so I'm moving the team I'm going to San Antonio I'll get a stadium built there I I can't do business around here I'm leaving we're we're going to Birmingham I'm we're taking Washington to Birmingham okay we're going to be the Birmingham commanders They'd be all fine and good, but those residents might want a professional football team, but they certainly wouldn't want to give money to that owner because he's such, he's a debacle and it wouldn't change how dysfunctional the franchise was. That's what is happening with the A's. I I just say this as a, a warning to Vegas. You don't just get a baseball team if you vote for this or your lawmakers say yes to this. You don't it's not just about oh we get we get a major league baseball team. That's fun. We get 81 home dates a year. You get that baseball team and that owner. And that's a very important stipulation here. You don't get to de deconnect, disconnect rather, decouple from John Fisher. And Dave Cavill, you don't, they come with, that's that's the deal, that's the bit. And I warn you, they are a mess. Not only are they untrustworthy, not only are they erratic, they're bad in the room. Nobody wants to deal with them. They're just bad. John Fisher inherited all of his wealth through his parents. His parents created the gap. He inherited all that money. He didn't have any great business sense. He's not great in any type of negotiations. He's actively kind of tried to prove, I'm not just mommy and daddy's boy, but he's done nothing successful in doing so. You get that attitude. Dave Cavill's just been 
two-faced the entire time. He's been a mess. He's hid. He has, he has refused to do interviews. Nobody wants Fisher, Cavill. They, they don't want to do interviews. They don't want to answer questions. They just want to hide and find handouts. If Major League Baseball said, we really like the potential of Vegas and we want to give them an expansion franchise, I'd say, absolutely, they are more than deserving. But what you have in Bill Foley, you have to remember, Vegas. That's why the Golden Knights are so good, they're so healthy, they're so stable, they've been to two Stanley Cup Finals. Your ownership is amazing. Your ownership is focused. Your ownership is successful. Your ownership has done it on a lot of levels. Foley's been a big philanthropist. Foley has focus and drive and success. Foley has put the pieces in place to be winners. If you say yes to this public funding, if your lawmakers say yes to this public funding, you are paying out of your pocket to fund a nightmare of an owner, and you don't get a functional franchise. You get a dysfunctional franchise. They won't be better. They, they won't be winners. They're still run by the same lunkheads. I don't, I wasn't surprised that lawmakers hesitated the other night on saying yes to the funding. Because I think what they have to balance is we're going to, we're going to, allocate resources that could go to a lot of other places like schools, like infrastructure, like transportation, what have you. And yes, it sizzles and it's hot and it's, we bring baseball to Vegas. But if the team stinks or the team's dysfunctional and you're having to give favors to problematic people, it doesn't look so great anymore on your resume. And that's why I think they hesitated at first. Now, there's going to be another special session. I just think if you're Vegas, you say no to this. And you say, we've got a great thing. We've got a great bid for an expansion franchise. And Rob Manfred has said we want to expand. They're going to expand anyway. Wait till you get your owner. Wait till you get an owner that you can trust. Expansion owners are way better because they've been vetted a million times. They haven't inherited the team. They haven't kind of stumbled into ownership. You've got to win the right. You've got to win the bid. John Fisher could never win an expansion team. There's no way. He's a nightmare. I would encourage your lawmakers, Vegas, to say no to this and wait for your expansion team because it's a lot more likely that's going to be a healthy organization than this one. And what Rob Manfred should do is see the writing on the wall. If this thing falters, which I hope it does because Vegas deserves a functional franchise and Fisher doesn't deserve a team, is I hope Manfred sees more egg on the face of the A's that they can't get it done in Oakland and they can't get it done in Vegas and say, you're going to have to sell. The same way the NFL's forcing Dan Snyder to sell. Now, there's no scandal there, but... Owners can vote other owners out. That can't happen. A lot of embarrassment in Oakland with the A's about how that ownership group can't get anything done anywhere. That's where this needs to go. Vegas needs to say, no, we're not going to fund Richie Rich, who's never done anything in his life to earn taxpayer money. Look at this team. It's going to lose 130 games. You want to inherit that team? And this idea, well, as soon as they get to Vegas, they'll start spending money. 
okay, where's the evidence that they would do that well? Where's the evidence that they would do that? We just saw a power grab financially with the PGA Tour and Live. And Monaghan said one thing and then did another. And what happened? The money changed. Oh, oh okay, well, okay, things, think we, we can work with this. Now, do you trust the PGA Tour leadership after what they just sold you? Do you think that suddenly they're now upright citizens? Same thing with John Fisher. You think the moment he gets to Vegas, you can trust him? You think the moment he gets to Vegas, suddenly, oh, well, I just, I, I found the light. You don't want to give that guy cash. You don't give that guy cash. You wait for your expansion team. I bet you, you get one. And then Rob Manfred says, enough is enough with this ownership group. Sell to Joe Lacob, who owns the Warriors. He wants to buy the, the, the A's. He's got a standing offer for him. Let him own it. A's stay in Oakland. The A's have good ownership. Vegas gets an expansion team. They have good ownership. And we've cleaned our hands of the problem, which really is Fisher and Cavill. It is not that they can't get a ballpark done. They can't get a ballpark done because they stink. Not because the cities that they're dealing with stink. Standing by with our headlines. Final of the morning. Here's Andrew Bogish. And DA, these headlines are sponsored by HelloFresh. Shake up dinner time with HelloFresh with 40 weekly recipe options. There's always something new to try. Get 16 free meals plus free shipping with code SKATE16 at HelloFresh.com slash SKATE16. Yesterday, we had the PGA Tour taking Saudi money. Today, we reportedly have Leo Messi turning it down. The soccer superstar has apparently chosen MLS and Inter-Miami as his next club. He will not join Ronaldo in that Saudi Arabian league. You know the bad news already. Rangers righty Jacob DeGrom needs Tommy John surgery just a few months into a five-year, $185 million contract. The good news is Texas keeps winning. Swing and a ball driven up the alley in right center field. That is hit deep, and it is off the fence. Fielded by Walker. Garver is in. Duran right behind him scores standing up. Now the ball gets away from Contreras. Here comes Leone. He scores two. Marcus makes it over to third. That's from Rangers Radio. Three runs scoring on Marcus Simeon's double. He now has a 25-game hit streak, and his team is 40-20, and 20, the best 60-game start in team history after a 6-4 decision over the Cardinals. The Angels' 7-4 win over the Cubs included a solo shot from Shohei Otani and a two-run single from Mike Trout. And the White Sox have a four-game win streak thanks to a 3-2 victory at Yankee Stadium. The Mariners snapped the three-game skid 4-1 in San Diego. The A's rolled through Pittsburgh 11-2 to end a 15-game road skid. That dates back to April 24th. And the Mets on a four-game skid after a 6-4 loss in Atlanta. The Braves scored the final five runs of that game. The Nuggets or the Heat take a 2-1 lead in the NBA Finals tonight. Game threes in South Beach. Jamal Murray and his Nugs looking to bounce back from their Game 2 disappointment. It's just putting together 48 minutes. Um, has nothing to do with, with tightness. We're not playing well, and, and we're, we were still in control of the game, it felt like. Um, we just got to be able to, like I said, put together 48 minutes and um, 
and trust each other down the stretch. This is not the game that Tyler Hero returns from his broken hand from Miami. The Jets canceled next week's mandatory minicamp to extend their break before training camp. The Jets report a week early because they're playing in the Hall of Fame game. WNBA last night, the Seattle Storm went from a 27-6 hole to a 66-63 win over the LA Sparks, and the Aces stayed perfect, now 7-0, a 90-84 win at Connecticut, and Coco Gauff just lost her French Open quarterfinal to top seed Iga Svantec in straight sets. Seven seed Anne Jabour sent home earlier today by Beatrice Hadaj Maya. That one went the distance three sets da back to you thank you bogues now we still have pat boyle on deck on friday for canadian bacon is that right or is that tomorrow's show that would be for friday because uh, stanley cup game three is thursday night and i asked Mraz if i can redeem myself for my lackluster 4.25 showing and uh, i believe he's going to be cool with it bogues friday morning mm-hmm. pat boyle has called a shot he says he's delivering the greatest Canadian bacon ever in the storied history of pucks and puns. He says he can deliver and will deliver as redemption the greatest bacon ever. He has confirmed that the crown is on the right head this week. He was not at his best yesterday, and he immediately admitted it, took responsibility, didn't throw blame to other people or equipment or circumstances Nothing. He said, I sucked and I want to do it again. Give me the next bacon and here we are. Other people would have shied away from that, would have complained about their grades or why they got a low grade, pointed fingers, not Pat Boyle. The King of Oinks is going to become the Prince of Pork on Friday because I'm going to be laying chum all over this studio. (laughs) Wow. Now, will Pete the Body's grading be affected by... The bluster. He has said in the past he does not love when Mraz tells us how great the bacon is going to be when he badgers Pete the body behind the scenes. Look at this writing. My writing's so good. I'm, I'm so excited. Where's the bacon costume? Folks, do you think Pete will grade harder because Boyle's calling his shot? This is not that. What Sean does pre-bacon is is piggish because he's Sean. Noxious, yes. Yeah, this is Boyle being confident. This is Boyle being a professional. This is Boyle being royalty when it comes to this segment. This is the way you're supposed to act. The Prince of Pork. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so, Boyle, are you already thinking about puns? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I might have to rewatch Superbad and watch some other of the top comedy movies (laughs) just to get some puns in there, listen to some lyricism, some music. Find out what songs could fit, what songs might not fit. So you're what... going into the lab for this. Oh, yeah, I'm cooking. Patty's going to cook. Daddy's going to cook. The Prince of Pork is going to cook. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this has ratcheted up the pressure and the intensity to a new level. Game three of the Stanley Cup Final. There will be more people locked into the Canadian bacon on Friday morning than there will be in game three. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a fair argument that there's more pressure now on Pat Boyle than the actual Florida Panthers. Down 0-2, back at home, needing to win to stay in the series. That's nothing after you if you're guaranteeing the, the best bacon ever. Yeah, guaranteeing. They're not, calling, they're not guaranteeing a Stanley Cup win. They're not guaranteeing a Stanley Cup title. Mm-mm. So this is like Babe Ruth pointing out to the center field bleachers and calling his shot of the 32 World Series. Pat Boyle has said, I am going to deliver. 
the greatest bacon there ever was on Friday morning. DA, it's better than that. Isn't there still debate whether Babe ever actually did that? We know Boyle (laughs) did this. We heard him yesterday. We heard it today. This is a guarantee. Joe Namath guaranteeing the greatest Canadian bacon ever coming your way on Friday morning. When we come back on the show, advanced analytics for the Gravy Boys, DA, CBS Sports Radio. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic feel. Pat Boyle's been crushing it on his bets, so Pete the Body gravy trained with him, bump drafted his bets, and won some money on the heat as well. And now we're wondering what their rap group name would be. Here's your fail. Will Boyle <laughs> make 82 at his lifestyle? Uh, probably not. <laughs> Can you look at yourself in the mirror? Well, if you keep winning all this money and the PB boys really take off, yeah. you can pay for doctors and diets and all this kind of, sure. you know, you know, care to keep you alive. I'll, keep be, you a going. Veg- I'll be a vegetable in hospice just chilling. No, yeah. not even that. Like, you'll just be sp- a spry 105. You think so? The 105 will be the new 82. Non-veggie? Yeah. Non-veggie state? Who does the old school, new th- school thing quite well mixing today's analytics. <laughs> Out there making eight-leg parlays on, I don't know, some kind of like holographic sports right in front of you. Spreading <laughs> seed. Yeah. Winning bets. Exactly. That's honest. That's pretty good. I'll That's take that at life. 105, man. <laughs> Get a little of the chunk off the top of that one, too. You dog. That's pretty good. A week from Friday, we get to oil boil. Great. Spreading seed making bets. <laughs> Can you do that when I leave? <laughs> that's his BetQL show at 105. No, it's, that's 10 a.m. in Tucson after Big Baby in the Landfill. You get the PB boys. <laughs> Big Baby in the Landfill, followed by the PB boys. Spreading seed, making bets. I was a baby. I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was a baby. Make the picks. Make the damn picks. Get some of this, youngsters. Have some. <laughs> 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 How do you like that? Smoking weed, spreading seed, making bets. <laughs> Smoking weed, spreading seed, and winning bets. <laughs> Come on, youngsters, have some dog. But they're only on from 11 to 11:30 in Tucson. That's all the energy they have. Yeah, I gotta get a nap in. I need a nap in after 30 minutes. I can barely get to segment two. And all the radio ads are blue chew. Yo, anus. I'm trashing my own junk. I wish someone would explain it to me. Blue chew and Viagra. They're done after the cold open. That's it. There's one second. We're done for the day. And down the stretch they come. Do you understand what I'm saying? Epic fail, you loser. Yeah. Is why you fail. Epic fail. So I love this question today. Should Pete the Body and Pat Boyle's rap group name slash sports betting show be called the Gravy Boys or the PB Boys, since both of their initials are PB and the S in boys is a dollar sign. Originally, Gravy Boys had a huge lead, 80% to 20%, but that is closed. Some big push late for PB Boys. <laughs> right now, Gravy Boys, though, still leaves 55% to 45%. Now, one poll ranked a tribe called Quest as the best rap group of all time. Sugar Hill Gang and Sugar Hill Records, the first hip-hop record label in history. And Busta Rhymes was the voice of Reptar in the Rugrats movie. 
the graphic that Cap has created that you are watching right now on the simulcast is wonderful. It is Pat and Pete with <laughs> brimmed hats, flat top hats with dollar bills stuck in the top, big gold chains, and Pete is holding a bag of money. And it says BB Boys. And now John Fant has voted for Gravy Boys from Fox Sports, and I think I still lean gravy boys but maybe the s in gravy boys could be a dollar sign although the z there's something really good about the z uh, so either way for pat and pete to be together on a rap album and for them to uh be smoking weed spreading seed and winning bets that's pat and then <laughs> and, and making rap i guess i i guess that's also part of this is something that i think the world needs right now pat you <laughs> should uh, be congratulated <laughs> i think it's i think it's what the world needs the gravy boys <laughs> we'll spread seed all over everybody and we'll win bets for everybody that's our motto Have some. <laughs> Come okay That'll do it for us this morning on the show. Thanks to executive producer Pat Boyle. Thanks to Pete the Body Bellotti, audio director and on the wheels of steel. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA, and Andrew Bogish on your headlines. Be good. Be good to one another. We will see you tomorrow. I'm DA, and the mothership disconnects. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 